Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 21 of the March to Arch podcast in this 2020-2021 Missouri Valley Conference season. On today's episode, it's me and Baker again. We are going to cover games from this past weekend on February 13th and February 14th. And as of right now, we are watching the games on Wednesday night. But before we get into all those games and recap the games tonight, how are we doing today, Baker? Doing all right. It's uh, It's been blistery cold out there and... This weather sucks, but we're doing okay. We're watching Valley Hoops, and uh, right now the top two teams in the league getting a lot of pushback. Yeah, they are. Um, we've got Northern Iowa sticking with Drake. They're currently down four, and then I believe Valpo is up. I think they're up one right now. Loyola right now. In As the we switch back half. and forth to these games, man, it's a, it's a tough time for these top teams. Yeah, kind of set the stage. We're actually at uh, Baker's house uh, tonight. Um, kind of change of pace here. It's nice because um, Baker actually has cable TV, and we can switch back and forth between games way quicker than we can at my house because I am a cord cutter and would have to like log out of three different things to get into the right uh, channel. That's a uh, it's a nice perk. It's a nice perk of being a Casa de Baker. Also, a uh, bit interesting night for me. Um, so I, I got to watch the first half of the Indiana State game, um, Indiana State Evansville game. Uh, so I got to see uh, Trey Williams throw up 20 in the first half. But then I had to move on to, uh, I went and refereed a freshman game about uh, 15 minutes outside of town before I came over to Baker's house. How many bad calls did you make? Oh, this is a good night, Baker. Good night. Uh, I'm not saying I didn't leave any bad calls out there, but um, I, I, I was... Anyone chirping you? Um, well, there was no one in the stands, no uh, parents or guests, um, only coaches and, okay. and staff there, but uh, I had one assistant coach on me a little bit. Um, just, he, he made it known if uh, he didn't like a call, which is fine. Hey, he's I mean, keeping it's, you honest. Yeah, Keeping you honest. Uh, speaking of refs, uh, two favorite officials in action tonight. Uh, we got Pollard on the Loyola... A Valpo game, and then um, we had Higgins on the Drake uh, Northern Iowa game. So you know, just good referee night here. Man, it's you just can't beat it in the in the valley. The referees, as as always, just top of the line. All right, Valley fans. Before we hop into the games of this past weekend. Just doing, you know, around the valley here, and um, as we're um, recording this, just a heads up, we're still watching the UNI Drake game and the Loyola uh, Valpo game, and just as Valley fans, we were openly rooting for Drake and Loyola, so we need Loyola to pull it together. And uh, Things are Drake, looking good right now, though. Things are looking good. Uh, Drake just took a 10-point lead off of a, a three-pointer. So, um, openly rooting for Loyola and Drake. Uh, I'm sorry to Valparaiso and Northern Iowa. Outside of Northern Iowa and Valpo fans, though, let's be real. Everyone else. What everybody else is doing, too. Yeah, so real quick, a couple um, you know, just items this week that came up in the uh, stratosphere of the Missouri Valley Conference. First, as always, we'll cover the player of the week, who, which was Tyreek Key of Indiana State. Um, in one of his games this week, he scored 29 points and shot almost 71%. Um, in the Valley, he is number two in points per game. 
Newcomer of the week was uh, Darnell Brody of Drake, who had a huge game against uh, Loyola, and he's just be- coming um, into himself as that role player for Drake um, with um, him fill out here. All right, moving on. <laughs> um, net rankings, just a quick update as of um, today. So Loyola is at 10, Drake is at 35, Missouri State's at 87, and we've got in- Indiana State um, outside the top 100, but they are sitting at 121. So hoping those numbers keep climbing. Um, pretty great to see three Valley teams at the top 100. It'd and be nice have- if we could get Missouri State within the top 70. That would be great. That's yes. that's that would be good, and then if we can get Indiana State within the top hundred, I mean those would be two big things um, for these top two teams in the league um, because they're not going to get a lot of help toward the bottom of the league because a lot of two hundred ranked teams. Absolutely. Um, so also kind of an interesting item to note that happened in the in the past week since our last podcast, we should probably say um, we lost a mascot in the valley. Um, the Valparaiso basketball team um, is no longer going by their former mascot. Um, so we will be referring to them as Valparaiso, Valpo, or just for fun, Valparaiso basketball team. You'll hear that later on in the um, coverage of their games. Yeah, no more Crusaders. This is uh, it's kind of a big deal. Um, I know a lot of, it, it seems like it's a pretty mixed reaction um, from the Valpo fans, I would say. I know uh, our, our buddy Paul, friend of the show, Paul Oren, has been on top of it. Uh, he, had some, he had a story about it and has been tweeting some things out. And I mean, I know a lot of people... Uh, I mean, just speaking for me, it's kind of shocking. I don't know how I'd feel if I was a Valpo fan. I, I mean, I get it. Um, you know, for me, I'm not going to be able to call them the Satyrs anymore. I know that that got um, the Valpo message board all in arms because I, that's apparently not what you call the Crusaders, but they're not called that anymore anyway. So, um, yeah, from now on, they are, at least for me, they're the Valpo basketball team. Yeah. Um, I'm glad, you know what, last year at Arch Madness, me and Baker got a picture with um, the Valpo mascot yeah. at the time. Yeah. So that's just going to be a... a picture we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be fond of, but yeah, makes sense. You know, and, and, and the, it's good for them. And, and you know what? Uh, I'm not going to criticize anybody. I mean, this this obviously the school put a lot of thought into what their decision to make. It's a school's decision, and uh, you know that's they did what's best for the school, and they are officially the Valparaiso basketball team from now on. So, um, if you guys want to, if you guys want to check more, I know uh, Paul Warren's been tweeting a lot about it. Definitely follow him and um, check him out on Twitter and his, his stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also in logo news, I haven't brought this up, uh, Baker, but um, this just is a personal thing. Um, I'm not going to lie, Indiana State's new logo is growing on me. And I think it has everything to do with Indiana State's playing well right now. So it's like, you know what? Their logo is actually kind of good because we berated it last year. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there, get that in the, into the atmosphere. Um, I actually told my coworker, who's a big Indiana State fan, I was like, I, I just want to know that I, it, it's And what did your coworker me. say? He's like, good to know. I don't think you needed to like walk to my office to tell me that this was breaking <laughs> news that your personal opinion had changed on the Sycamore logo. But good to hear. Um, I, I, it is growing on me. I think it's terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I won't. I won't mince words on this. I think it's a terrible logo. I think the jerseys are terrible. I think the spacing from Indiana to the number on the jerseys. Everybody who's seen the jerseys knows what I'm gonna talk about. Um, it's just not good. I. I'm sorry. I, when you have an iconic logo from going to the Final Four with Larry Bird and what people know Indiana State's logo as, I get the idea to rebrand and be modern, but when you have an iconic logo, don't screw it up. And I feel like this was just a change for change's sake. And um, the logo itself, like, I mean, I get it if you think it's growing on you. I think 
I don't think I'll give it. I will not be fair to this logo and give it a chance to grow on me because I'm that bigger. much against. So <laughs> I right. mean, that's just my my personal take. Uh, I, yeah, I, you're never going to convince me it's good. <laughs> All right, and the last thing um, I think you're going to talk about Loyola's court because we were watch as we're watching the game. Loyola, I was, you were starting to talk about logos. I was like, man, you're going to talk about how awesome Loyola's court is because every time I and this is a side total sidebar, but every time I see Loyola's court, how awesome it is with like the the part of the Chicago flag behind it. Yeah. It's so cool. It's like I'm, cool. I like you. If you want to say it's not good, like you're just hating. It, that's that's a killer court. I I agree with you. Um, the last thing I was gonna get into, and it's kind of serious, but I think we do need to bring it up because we recorded the Saturday Sunday games earlier before we um, saw a news article that came out um, with uh, uh, the Bradley Braves. Obviously, four players are uh, suspended currently, and um, Wyatt Wheeler out of. Um, the Springfield um, publication down there, News Gazette, I believe, um, uh, has an article on it um, and just wanted to say that we recorded this without knowing um, the current situation. Obviously, a lot more to be to um, uncover there, but I uh, just wanted to mention that, that yes, four players are, are sitting out and they're, um, um, if you have details, please check out Wyatt's uh, article there. Yeah, he... Uh he had a. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to pull it up right now. Um, the 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 official tweet that he had, which was part of the article, you guys can go to his uh, Twitter and check it out and and see the actual article. But um, to quote what he said on Twitter was the four Bradley men's basketball players who were suspended appeared in a Springfield police report obtained by the News Leader. Report classifies it as a sex offense that was not rape. No one was arrested or charged. Investigation is active. So that's all we know right now, and that's based on Wyatt's report. Um, and, you know, when it's obviously when it comes to this kind of stuff, we're not going to speculate. We'll just wait till you hear the news um, out of Peoria or uh, Springfield, Missouri. Absolutely. But just want to note that uh, we did record the overviews of Saturday Sunday before we learned of kind of um, the specifics around uh, what, what could be happening to them. Yep. All right, Valley fans, let's hop into games from this past weekend on February 13th and 14th. Valley fans, we had three splits, one sweep, and one single game that we will break down here. Let's start off with the marquee series that everyone was dialed into. And for this Valley fan, it was the best case scenario. And that is the Loyal Ramblers going to Des Moines, Iowa to take on the Drake Bulldogs. The number 22 ranked Loyal Ramblers won 81 to 54. It was a very competitive first half and the Bulldogs had a three point halftime lead, but this was pretty much all the enjoyment Drake fans had on Saturday because the Ramblers came out white hot and went on a 27 to eight run. And that was pretty much it. Bigger, um, let's split up these two games. So let's just talk about this one. You know, this was the 12th conference win by 10 or more for the Ramblers. Ugok had 20, Norris had 11, Crutwig had a double-double. He was 10 and 10. Um, for Drake, Brody had 12. Yeah, this was uh, this was one of those interesting games where um, Drake, you know, went punch for punch with them in the first half, and it kind of felt like Drake was just in incredibly energized throughout the first half and I think I was even texting you at halftime was just like god if Drake can keep up this energy level they for the next 20 minutes they they had a really ch good chance of winning this and it just it felt like when they hit the second half and, and correct me if I'm wrong I don't know where you were at on this but just felt like Drake just came out flat and Loyola just beat the brakes off him in the second half 
I mean, it just looked like one of those you turn around and they were down, you know, 15. I mean, that's really how it felt. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily Drake just didn't shoot the well in the second half. Um, I don't, I can't think. Oh, I think it was Loyola's was, defense. Yeah, Loyola, I think so too. Loyola was defending them like crazy. Like Drake, this was like one of the first times I've seen Drake all year where it really felt like they were just struggling to find a shot. And it was brutal to watch. They're offensively, they, they're, it just felt like they came out flat and, and Loyal just just kind of went on a run. And it was like – it wasn't like a quick 10-0 run. It was just kind of like a slow – it was like – it was the slowest 50-point second half ever where it didn't feel like it was like a quick run, you know, like where there's right. quick hitter runs, like a 9-0 run. But, like, this one felt slow that they were just, like, kind of just easing their way and that score just kept getting so much further out of reach for Drake. Yeah, and I mean, Drake, I mean, they made three threes off of 13 attempts. So, you know, kind of not the normal three-point shooting night for them, but that was not the difference at all. Um, I mean, Roman, it, it, Roman Penn probably played his – might have been his worst game since oh, absolutely. the beginning of the Valley season, which um, this was their – this was this was kind of that big test without Tank. And uh, you, it's – the realistically, if they're going to play a good team like Loyola, Roman Penn's got to be better than two for 13. That's just the – that's and, and that's – and it's not trying to be unfair to the kid, but – I mean, he's, he's got to be better, and that's, that's just the way it is. Um, if, just speaking of Roman Penn, and I'm pretty sure it was in the first game, um, he threw an alley-oop to someone, and his alley-oop attempt went in. Um, he made his own <laughs> alley-oop attempt, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was in the first game. But um, if you're ready, let's go ahead and get into the second game, which was awesome. Uh, this was another back-and-forth first half. Uh, but on Sunday, Loyola was the one that led at three at halftime. Uh, Drake didn't give up and called back from being down 10 in the second half with um, under eight minutes uh, to go to force overtime. They got some help with Loyola shooting themselves in the foot with seven turnovers. Uh, Roman Penn was relatively quiet, but he hit a huge shot with 123 left um, before going to overtime. In overtime, uh, Drake scored first with Roman Penn, but then Kennedy had a three-point play. Tramel Murphy and Brody had back-to-back points to take a three-point lead. Norris hit two free throws, but Loyola, um, but Drake got the stops and uh, really just couldn't. Um, the Loyola couldn't score on multiple chances uh, late. The block uh, party at the end. It was, yeah. I mean, just Loyola had chances. I was just like, okay, I was kind of waiting for Loyola just to, you know, score oh, on I one know. of their multiple <laughs> possessions. But I mean, great defense uh, by Drake um, in that overtime session. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. Rome Penn didn't shoot the ball as well. Or he didn't shoot the ball great in either game, actually. Um, this is just credit to the Loyola defense. Um, he did score 10 points in this game. But I, one thing I want to kind of go back to between the two games, it was interesting that DeVries kind of – I think he kind of called the dogs off toward the middle of the second half when it was kind of getting out of reach in the first game where Penn, Murphy, and Wilkins probably didn't play as many minutes as you'd normally like yep. um, because it was getting out of reach. He thought, you know, hey, we gotta we gotta have you tomorrow, and you gotta yeah. be ready to rock and roll. So I thought credit to him on that. Um, I thought that was something that I don't know if a lot of people really brought that up, but Loyola didn't play well in the second game. I, I don't want to sit here like I'm 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 as a Valley fan, I'm psyched Drake got the got the second game because it's the the split was what we all wanted. As and unless you're in the city of Chicago or Des Moines, Iowa, everybody wants a split, and so we're happy about that. But like looking at this game, I don't think Loyola played particularly well offensively. They were this wasn't their you know really good game. Yeah. Um, I thought that I thought toward the end of the game, it you were waiting for one of the teams to hit that big shot to kind of give a little separation, but neither team would do it. 
I know. And it just felt like if it's just like, God, one of you guys just hit a shot and get this thing up to four and it, they, neither team could. So, um, and, and it, both teams were playing just a, an elite elite level defensive effort on both sides. So, um, and I think that goes with saying, because I mean, I thought Krutwig just had some really bad possessions late in the, in regulation, but then also in overtime, he just kind of turned the ball over. But I, I think it's honestly a lot he got of caught credit. with that moving screen. And I think he got really frustrated by that toward the end of the game, which, um, loyal fans won't love hearing that, but he, he gets away with quite a few of those. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. So speaking of, um, loyal and Drake fans, um, I know we talked about the chippiness at the end of the game, um, <laughs> going to the locker room. I've got no issues with it. You know, I love, no. um, that, I mean, that's just, uh, I, I don't love it that maybe teams are going at each other, but I love that there was some passion, uh, from both sides. I don't think there's anyone like, I'm not going to sit here and blame Loyal or blame Drake, um, because, you know, I think Porter Moser said it in the press conference that if you looked at the video, you kind of know the instigator. Like, but for me, that's just, I mean, that's going to battle to play basketball in my mind. Yeah, I thought, I, I mean, here's the thing. I thought that it was kind of unfair when a lot of people were kind of jumping on Drake for, because the, when you watch the TV feed, they showed Drake yelling back at nobody yep. you didn't see the other side and I was thinking to myself like in all my years playing football and basketball and like high school and stuff like whenever there was trash talking before the between the teams it was never just one team talking trash <laughs> to the other team you're never talking trash to just nobody so right. I mean in my mind I was like reading all these tweets and seeing all these people say oh you know it was classless whatever it's like dude you you're not even seeing what the other team's doing so yeah before we before we overreact to this let's let's take a step back honestly I don't care I think it's great good rivalry right. business i mean as long as it's not a dirty game out there and if it's just chippiness i, I think that's good it shows exactly. both these two like and and i and, and yeah you know what drake talking after getting the breaks beat off in the last day yeah whatever but you know what they got the win that day so who cares yep like, actually so yes. I, i'm totally good with it yeah me too and it'll make for some fun in arch madness so um back to you know just drake uh devries is 38 and 5 at the nap center Two of his five losses have come from Loyola, which I think is interesting. Um, and that was per uh, Kevin Lehman on uh, Harry's postgame show uh, that uh, Harry Schrader does um, each weekend. But I thought that was a cool stat that um, DeVries has only lost five times at the NAP Center and two of them have been to Loyola. Which is, you know, and, and now I'm – what it, obviously as a Valley fans, we hope that both these – one of these teams does not win Arch Madness because, you know, the quote-unquote three – three bit league we'd love to be um but truthfully truth be told i mean if if tank hemphill comes back for arch madness and we Ooh. get this as your final i mean sign me up now like that yeah. i and i'm not and, and i think this watching these two games i think it's i don't know if it's is i think it's written in pencil loyal is the better team I think yes. that that I think at the end of the day that's where where I come away. I think Drake was very fortunate to win the game they did. Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially because and and give them credit, trying to beat a really good team when you just lost one of your best players a couple of days earlier. That's really tough. So give Drake all the credit in the world. Um, I would love to see this t these two teams match up as at full strength in St. Louis. Selfishly, just as a basketball fan, because. Whew, that would be so good. Yeah, and uh, another quick note from the coaches teleconference is that uh, Coach DeVries did say that Tank might be available for Arch Madness, but, um, you know, it's kind of the difference between three, three weeks versus five weeks that, you know, if they were to get a March Madness, um, March Madness uh, bid, that's more likely there than Arch Madness, but he's not leaving it out. That would just be on the shorter spectrum of um, what the medical staff has given them. Yeah, I wonder – I'd wonder if they, if, if they say they went out going into Arch Madness where they're pretty comfortably going to get an NCAA, NCAA bid, 
do you maybe roll the dice and just say, Hey, get ready for yeah, a week and I, a half from now? I think, you I, would. I, I think that's, I think that's a great question, but honestly, when you're in a, like, I mean, we got to face as a Valley fans. I mean, even if Drake wins out, I mean, you're still Valley fans have been spurned before. I think we'll yeah. still be kind of a little nervous. And I, th- I mean, I think they would have been, I mean, we were last year with Northern Iowa, but we just never found out. Um, but hey end of the day drake you save your season so oh absolutely yeah i mean mean, you you didn't save the season but you continued um the the opportunity for an at-large i was gonna say okay so it didn't save your season but you weren't getting at large if you lost this game yes that's correct yeah i think we're saying the same thing yeah right no no doubt all right let's move on good good series though happy to happy to watch the best teams get after it absolutely let's uh let's go on to bradley missouri state um, before we get into this series, uh, kind of disclaimer here, I don't think you can take much away from it. Um, 30 minutes before the game, Bradley announced that Elijah Childs, Jay Sean Henry, Kingsby, and Terry Nolan Jr. were suspended for the weekend, and it looks like it, it, cont- it could continue. Uh, we might get into that. Um, so 30 minutes before the game, the Bradley Twitter tweeted it out. The funniest tweet I saw was from uh, Jeff on Twitter. He said, this was the red sque- screen of death, and anyone that's in um, you know, business <laughs> and works with on a computer most of the days and knows about the blue screen of death, I laughed out loud at the red screen of, screen of death comparison. I think Bradley's Twitter is starting to uh, get their fans a little like, I don't know, triggered by the the red screen because every single time they send out a statement, it's always got that big bright red screen. <laughs> it's like, man, if I was them, I just maybe let's switch to uh, let's switch to another color next time. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why. Maybe because I I do work in an office setting, but I just I was laughing so much when I saw. No, that was good stuff. <laughs> All right, let's get into the game. Um, so in the first. One, Missouri State won um, 82-58, and this is the sweep of the weekend um, in the Valley. So in the game, the Bears had a season-high 14 threes, and they went 57% from the field. And that's all really they needed to comfortably beat the Braves. Um, Paced by a 17-0 run in the first half, um, Bradley got it to 13 uh, point deficit in the second half but the Bears went on a 7-0 run to get it out to a 20-point lead uh, for the Bears. Uh, Jamonte Black had 24, Gage Prem had 20, Ritter had 12 and all of them were threes for Bradley. Tavanian had 13 and Daryl Hannah had 10 in the second game. Uh, not getting into it very much either. Bears won comfortably 72-57. to It was a fifth straight win for the Bears. Isaiah Mosley had 27, Prem had 20. Bradley was led by uh, Rink Mast, who had a double-double going 15-11. and 11. Not going to dive too much into this, Baker, but you got any takeaways here? Yeah, this is um, – I mean, Bradley's not going to win many games if those guys are all not playing. And I think it showed in the first uh, – it was the first game where um, I think Bradley jumped out – they jumped out quick. And it was kind of like, okay, once the first couple media timeouts hit Missouri State, once they kind of took over, it was over. And in the second second game, it was just it was kind of tight a little bit there. But then, you know, by the time they hit halftime, it was over. I mean, these these, I don't know if these tell much about Bradley or Missouri State. I mean, if Bradley doesn't have their those four guys, they're not going to win very many games. I don't care who they're playing in this league. And Missouri State, I these are two games they should have won. Looking at the roster, Bradley throughout there, these are games you shouldn't have won or you shouldn't have lost. So, um, I mean, good for Missouri State taking care of business, but really not a ton learned about either team i thought mass had a really good game yeah um i was impressed i was impressed with him um but i don't want to i don't it's it's hard to dive too much into these because these are two outlier games that you didn't see the full complement of bradley and i mean 
the so result they did that what you, they had to the do. result that you that you expected happened. So there's not exactly. much to say. All right, um, let's move on to the Valpo basketball team taking on the um, University of Northern Iowa uh, Panthers. So um, Valpo won the first game, 70-57 to 57 over the Panthers. Um, this was an uncharacteristically bad 3.9 for the Panthers. And in the first half, they were just 5 of 22 from the field, making only one three. Valpo had a nine-point lead at half, being up as much as 16. In the second half, you and I did cut it to 10, but Valpo got the lead to 21 at the under-seven media timeout, and you and I didn't threaten again. Uh, for Valpo, Kriki and Agnosovic had 12, McMillan had 10, and Morgan off the bench had 10. For the Panthers, Burhau and Bourne had 15, Fife had 14. In the second, hey, let's, separa- let's separate yeah, okay. these real quick because because there's a different story in both games. Uh, it was kind of a similar story, but basically the opposite for each team. But um, in the first team, I was uh, first game. I was really impressed with Valpo. They they got up and they never let Northern Iowa get back in it. I mean, it was it was kind of a one of those comfortable, not comfortable games where you it never felt like Northern Iowa was going to put together a push to get back in this game. Valpo just kept. It kind of felt like the ISU versus Valpo games where Valpo would just constantly hit those shots to just kind of break your spirit. Every time you'd maybe hit a couple in a row, the Valpo would come back and hit a three and then an and one. And it would just – that was kind of the story of the game. I was I was really impressed with, with Valpo overall in that first game. I thought this that was a pretty solid win for them. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that as well. Um, so let's, let's get into the second game. Um, <laughs> The, the inverse, uh, so Valpo lost 60 to, um, to 74 to Northern Iowa. This is a really competitive first half um, for the Panthers starting to pull away as they went towards the locker room at halftime um, with a six-point lead. In the second half, it was all Panthers getting the lead to double digits early and were up 18 with 10 minutes to go. Valpo showed some life uh, and got the Panther lead down to under 10 uh, after the last media timeout, but it was just a little bit uh, too little too late um, for Valpo. Uh, for you and I, Carter and Burhal had 17. Cricky led uh, the Valpo basketball team with 12. Um, yeah, it kind of – it was a really great, good first half up until the last media timeout, and then the second half was um, kind of lackluster um, other than just a little bit of uh, fight from Valpo. But, yeah, kind of the replaced the teams from the, from the day before, and that's what happened in my mind. No doubt Noah Carter had an awesome game. Um, he's been one of those players that, you know, when he's having a really good night, I mean, he can definitely affect the game, and um, he makes Northern Iowa really tough to guard. Um, some nights he's not so good, but it's interesting when they, if you look at their win loss and usually in every win they have, he plays pretty well. So, um, he's definitely someone that you should uh, keep an eye out, uh, for those who haven't seen a lot of Northern Iowa, but really impressed with Noah Carter, especially as, as we start to look to, to next year with Northern Iowa. Cause I think that's the kind of overarching deal with them. Um, a guy like Noah Carter is going to be pretty handy next year. I was also really impressed in that second game. And I hadn't really noticed it. And I guess I've seen it and I've noticed it, but I think it really cemented how good a passer Austin Fife is. I know I, I beat him up for some of, the, some of the consistency he's had this year, but he's such a good passer. And I wonder, I wonder if a lot of, you know, maybe some of the criticism I've had and you maybe have had has just been unfair because without AJ, with AJ Green, it changes his game so much. And I think, I think he's starting to kind of come into what it is now. I don't know what your thoughts were on, on Austin five. I was just, maybe it's something I just haven't noticed and it's been there all, all year and 
now I finally saw it, but his passing was just really impressive at times. Yeah, I mean, he had four assists um, uh, in, in the Sunday game and two the, the day before. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. You know, I think it's it probably went from, in his mind, whenever Green went down, is like, all right, it's on me. Um, but now I think that he's using his complement of players. Like, Bourne didn't have the greatest of weekends. I mean, he had eight points on Sunday, uh, but he didn't shoot the three well like he had been. Uh, mm-hmm. But Heisey stepped up and hit three or four from three points. So I just think that – you and I is getting used to what's around them and playing to their strengths. It's mm-hmm. not a one person has to carry the whole team mentality for them. Yeah. They're going to be a tough out. Um, like I, I look at this team and I look at the players cause I mean, let's forget about AJ green. Now let's look at this team as a team going to St. Louis and it was more than likely based on losing the first game to Valpo is more than likely going to be a Thursday team. I mean, yep. it's probably going to be unavoidable at this point. Um, if you're Drake and Loyola in that second, in that <laughs> first round, I mean, yeah, you should be able to beat Northern Iowa, but they're it's not an easy out for it's not gonna be an easy out with Don St. Louis. They're gonna they've got enough young guys that are gonna play pretty free and um kind of carefree. And that's not gonna be an easy task for, for either of those teams. We saw it last year. <laughs> I mean yeah. we saw how Thursday Thursday night teams can do last year. So um definitely a team to watch out for because their A game the constructed Northern Iowa team right now, their A game is pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, problem is consistency with them all year. And I mean, it's, it's, it's part of, it's part of the deal. I mean, you lost your best player. I, I couldn't agree more on wanting to be on the other side of the bracket from Northern Iowa. If you're the one or two seed, um, you know, one, not wanting to have them on, on Friday. Well, you look at the, you look at that bracket and I don't, we'll get into it later, but I mean, if you're either, you might be sitting there and seeing Bradley or Northern Iowa as yeah. that first round opponent. It's not exactly, especially if, uh, Bradley has all their guys back. The, both those teams, <laughs> not fun matchups in the quarterfinals. Yep, I'm with you. Um, Baker, was there another game on Saturday? I don't, I don't have anything here. No, we got the one Sunday game. That's it. We have uh, – uh, you, you, you missed my joke, Baker. There's oh, a series. A, you were making there's a, a joke? There's a series we haven't covered yet, and I just oh, – I just... <laughs> <laughs> That's on me. I didn't even realize that. And it's our teams. <laughs> um, I think yeah, we've talked. I mean, no, hold on a second. I think we've talked about this series already enough between the two of us that I don't really think that the listeners can probably assume where this is going to go. Um, yeah. Um, do you want me to take it? Do you want me to take I've, this first one here? I, no, I'm totally kidding. I have it prepared. I was just. Um, I will. I, will I know do you're the, kidding. I just I, missed the joke. It was a swing and a miss by me. That's my. Problem. It's okay. I was trying to pretend that there wasn't a game on Saturday, and that was only a, a one game series between um, the. Oh, there was a game on Saturday, Vance. <laughs> All right, I'll get into it. All right, um, Illinois State won 80 to 55 over the Southern Illinois Salukis. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, strong hit a three pointer, um, after the game was tied at four, um, in the opening couple minutes and the Redbirds never lost the lead again, walloping my Salukis 80 to 55. Um, DJ Horn had 17, Washington had 11 points and 10 rebounds, a little double, double for him. Uh, this ended ISU's six game losing streak, uh, whereas SIU has had lost uh, three of four as of that game. Moving on to uh, Sunday's game, um, where SIU had a bounce back uh, win for them, winning 59 to 49. Uh, this was the lowest points allowed this season for the Slukies. And Mullen said it was their best defensive 40 minutes of the season. The Slukies were up 10 at half and ended the game up 10. Uh, for SIU, Lance Jones had 14, Verplankin had 12, Phil Witch had 11. For your Redbirds, uh, Strong had 14 and Reeves had 10. You know, just really kind of my notes real quick, Baker, before I, I pass it over to you is, is for me, this was a tale of um, kind of 
two games, obviously, um, a almost 30-point um, walloping uh, versus a 10-point win. But I think it just kind of goes to show that, um, you know, Lance Jones didn't uh, – he really struggled in game one. And so I, I just feel like SIU didn't have a leader in that first game, and they were looking for someone, and just it, – it wasn't there. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's just, it, it happened. Whereas, you know, Lance was on more for in the second game, you know, having 14 points and they could really kind of focus on him and, and he kind of kept the team uh, together. So it, it's one of those is, and I'm not blaming this on Damascus being out, but it's more of, you know, a young team for SIU, um, you know, they're, they're still looking for that leader um, or they have a leader with Lance Jones, but whenever he's having an off night, you know, someone else has to pick up some of the slack. No, I totally agree with you. I think you're, I think you're spot on. Um, no, nah, Saturday was fun. I'm not going to lie. Um, that game was, that game was like over in the first half. I mean, I was so impressed. Jai hit a couple threes. This was just a different ISU, just playing free. They were, they were shooting the ball well. They were just playing up and down. It felt like, it felt like a lot of time during that game that SIU was just kind of running in quicksand. Um, I turned but, off my, my, my notifications from, or text notifications from you, um, if anybody was wondering. Oh, did you? Well, that's, yeah. that's always fun. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, great game for the birds. Um, I mean, this was the, uh, this is one of those performances that if you watched ISU play this year, um, if you watch this game, you think, okay, they, they can beat a lot of teams in the league. Uh, next game, uh, not so much on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I wasn't real impressed offensively with Illinois state in the second game. Didn't shoot the ball. Great. Um, especially from three, I think they were like four of 21, something like that in the second game um, really wasn't uh, wasn't a great game for them. The second half, I think Southern Illinois locked in defensively a lot better in the second game than they did in the first, obviously. And that was the story of it. But I mean, overall in the weekend, 129 to 114, the Illinois state Redbirds defeat the Southern Illinois Salukis, <laughs> which is all that matters to me because it was on the road at the Banterra center. And I mean, the Illinois state Redbirds won the series in my opinion. Sure. I mean, that's a take you can have there. But, and that's uh, the take. It is the take. Well, in the record book, it says one. It's a Redbirds. Sure. Um, in whatever world you want to live in, um, it does at least open up some avenues for SIU to not play Thursday. But True I mean, or false, the combined score was 129 to 114. Yeah, I'm sure your math is right. Okay. So Just, moving on to the one game on Sunday, which was kind of cool because they're getting ready to turn around Wednesday um, to play as well. Uh, Indiana State uh, against the Evansville Purple Aces. Uh, Greg Lansing got his 100th Missouri Valley win with 76-70 win over the Purple Aces. Tyreek Key had 29 points for the Sycamores and is now sixth place all-time for Indiana State. He actually uh, jumped Jake Odom, who was on the bench that day. Um, also impressive that day was uh, Jake LaRavia, who had 20 points. Uh, Evansville had an eight-point lead in the first half, but the Sycamores um, – took a two-point halftime lead three minutes into the second half. The Aces tied it up, but a 7-0 run by the Sycamores solidified the course of the rest of the game. Um, already talked about the Sycamores, uh, but for the Purple Aces, Newton and Givens had 16 each for the Purple Aces. Um, This was a fun game to watch. I uh, I thought it was very competitive throughout. It really was. Um, Evansville didn't really back down. Uh, Tyreek Key had an awesome game. LaRavia had a great game. That was kind of the story of it. Um, Evansville is one of those teams that's going to constantly fight, but I think that this game showed who the better team was, quite frankly. I think Indiana State's just, just a better team than Evansville. And, um, but both teams are going to fight. Both teams are not going to be easy outs, especially at Arch Madness. But 
um, yeah, really impressed with Tyree Key. And, you know, hats off to Greg Lansing. Um, 100 wins in the Valley, that's, that's really – it's kind of – I don't know if it's quiet, but is it quiet? I, I mean, I think 100 it's, wins in the Valley. That's, I mean, I think it's awesome. I, I think it's very awesome. And I actually have some uh, stats here on uh, who's above him. Um, so I, Henry, J- jump Iba into that. Is, jump into is, that. Okay. So number one, uh, most wins in the Missouri Valley is at 187 and that's Henry Iba, Iba. I'm not going to pretend like I know how to pronounce that last it's Henry name. Iba. Thank you. Um, from Oklahoma State, he was uh, coached there from 1934 to 57, and he was also the longest-serving uh, coach in the Missouri Valley uh, Conference at Oklahoma State. Um, at number two, who could have um, t- taken over number one had he not left, uh, Dana Altman um, of Creighton University is at 182. Eddie Hickey uh, from Creighton and St. Louis. So he has multiple uh, wins um, in the Missouri Valley at 163. Our own Barry Henson at number four uh, with Missouri State and SIU, 155. Um, the only current um, other coach in the uh, – uh, sorry, current coach in the Valley is Ben Jacobson at 153. He is fifth. Greg Marshall is sixth at 134. So there's a big gap between five and six. Um, then we have – Dr. F.C. Allen of Kansas, who coached from 1907 to 1928. And then we have uh, the beloved Rich Herond um, at uh, 111. And then at number nine is Jim Molinari from Bradley. That's pretty crazy. It's a good list to be on as uh, kind of creeping up the – creeping it up there, uh, keep, keep moving up with wins. Um, no, it's impressive. I think, I think that we've always, we've always said with Greg Lansing, um, X's and O's wise, he's – one of the best in the league there's I don't think there's any question about that I've I think you and I both have the utmost respect for him coaching absolutely um and and you know this is a team that if you look at Indiana State coming and we'll get into their next game against Evansville as well but um just playing some really good basketball right now at the right time after that that you know that that tough start they had with the Missouri State and Drake games at the beginning of the year going 0-4 and then you know ever since they got that split Floyola and Every single time we talk about that split with Loyola, we talk about how crazy of a win that is in hindsight. But now they just they just keep rolling, and and this is going to be a tough team to beat. I, I agreed. I mean, Tyree Key is just he seems like a man numbers. on a mission. He's, he he's really put up some numbers. He's he's right there. I mean, I think there's no doubt in my mind that he's cemented his place as a first teamer. I mean, oh, absolutely. I don't yep. think there's. I think the first team's almost it's it's almost set. <laughs> I, agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right, uh, this has been uh, covering the last week, weekend's game on Saturday, February 13th and Sunday, February 14th. All right, let's cover games from Wednesday, February 17th. We'll start with the 4 p.m. starting game where the Indiana State and Player of the Week, Tyreek Key, took care of business 87-73 over the Purple Aces. Tyreek Key had 34 points. Trey Williams had 23. This is a career best for Trey Williams, and um, I believe I opened with this. But Trey Williams had 20 of those in the first half. Um, They've won 10 of 12, and they shot 65% for the night. Evansville um, had a 4-2 lead, but they never led again. And um, now Indiana State gets to go on a nine-game um, game break, which is going to be some good rest for them. I doubt they try and get a game in those nine games, especially leading to the to the finish. But wouldn't that be something if they did, though? I know. I uh, I, I can imagine they're going to want the rest and relaxation. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's on them to take the time, especially 
I don't know if the Valley would love that if, you know, we're trying to make sure we get these last couple of games in. And the margin for error on the last weekend is going to be, you know, they don't have days to make it up after the last weekend. So Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, hell of a win for them. All right, let's move on to a game in which Loyola survived. That's about as much as I can say for this game. They won 54-52. to um, Late game closeout issues for the Ramblers again. I, You know, we were flipping back and forth between that, Drake, and SIU, and it felt like Loyola had it under control, but then they kind of let Valpo back into the game. Um, there was a controversial call kind of at the end. Um, so Valpo, I think, made the layup. Uh, but they called... Uh, I don't know if they even went in. I think it went in. Did it go in? No, um, but I don't know. They called a, um offensive uh, push uh, going the other way on, on the rebound. Um, watched it a couple times. That I, I'm not going to say it decided the game because I really, truly don't think officials decide games. Um, but it, it, it's controversial, and there's probably a lot of play on Twitter. At least in the last 15 minutes, there's been play on Twitter. Um, I, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but um, I don't know if I make that call. No way. No. I, I You're being nicer about this than I am. I would, I'm pro-official. You are pro-official. Um, there's not a ton of officials who make that call. I guess you could make that, like, I guess letter of the law, he did kind of push off a little bit, but, like, I don't know. That's that's a cheapie. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. Um Hats off to Loyola, getting it done. They survived. I think that's all you can say. Yeah, do you got the stats on that one? I do. Uh, Morgan had 15. Or, sorry, this is for Valpo. Uh, Morgan had 15, Kepko had 10, and Cricky had 10. For Loyola, Clemens had 16, and Cretwood had 13. Yeah, this is uh, one of those wins for Loyola that I think escaped. Um, move on in advance. Um, just didn't, they avoided the bad loss. Um, that similar fate for Drake. I mean, Drake lost to the same... Valpo team a couple weeks ago. Can you imagine so. if Valpo got oh my the, God. Uh, <laughs> the like, win? I, I know Val, our friends in, in Valparaiso area and all Valpo fans out there were probably hoping they get the win. But, like, as Valley fans, these, now this is this is the hard-slash-fun part about being a Valley fan. We'll talk about it in the next game as well. Like, watching these games, now as a league, we're all just kind of like, don't have the bad loss. Yes. Don't have the bad loss, and this would have been it for for Loyola. Um, I don't know if this would have took them out at large, but it would have definitely it would have made them questioned a lot more. So that would have made things a lot harder for them. But got the win, made the shots. I know uh, that three by Williamson with about I don't know about two and a half to go was the one that it, it, maybe it was like three to go. Uh, wouldn't it got it to fifty two forty eight? I think it was. Um, that was the one where you and I looked at each other. It was like okay, finally they made a little separation, and then they just. They couldn't put him away and, and give Valpo a lot of credit. Cricky had a great look at the end of the game before the the push off. Uh, before the push off, he they got the look they wanted. Like you you said it at the time. You said they got the look they wanted. So yeah. I guess you know you can complain about the officials. You can be upset with the call. I didn't love the call, but um, you got the look. You got the luck. The look you wanted. So you can't get upset. Um, but you know Loyola got, did what they had to. They got they got the job done. Um, and then they move on now, and they have a—I mean—they've got a nice long layoff as well until they play. Uh, they've got the same layoff as uh, as Indiana State. Yep. All right, uh, and then uh, the third game so far, we got one to go as we're watching Missouri State play SIU. Um, Drake beat uh, Northern Iowa at the McLeod Center, seventy-seven to sixty-nine. This is the first Drake sweep of you and I since the 07-08 season. 
Yusufu for Drake had 20, Sturz had 18, and Murphy had 14. Fife had 19, Burhal had 13, and Bourne and Heisey had 10. Four or five starters for Northern Iowa had, were scored in double figures. Yeah, um, Drake took care of, uh, I mean, that took care of business because it was a lot closer than that. Um, Northern Iowa didn't particularly shoot the ball very well in this game. Uh, Drake... I mean, it was a rivalry game. Drake got it done. There's not a much more I can say. Um, this wasn't, we talked about it earlier, where Northern Iowa, if they have that gear that they get to where they play their best game, they can beat a body man in the league. Tonight wasn't it. Yeah. They didn't play that from what we saw. Um, but hats off to Drake. Um, you know, without Tank, getting uh, getting out there and playing another a game. It's a tough road win. A, it's a tough road win. I, I'm there, not going to. There were fans there. I mean, I know both teams are used to playing with fans. But, I mean, yeah. I think that, I mean, it's it's not easy to go to McLeod Center and win. Oh, and 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 the thing is, like we we talk about Northern Iowa, and, I, and we're critical of them, but uh, when you're you're at your rival, they're at the top of the league. You know that the Northern Iowa kids are going to be ready to play, um, especially if maybe some of them played them in high school. So, yeah, um, you know what what a gu- good gutsy win for Drake. I know it was a lot closer than I thought it would be, but um, you know, happy they got the win. Um, Baker, I'm just gonna keep rolling because let's just go ahead and cover the Missouri State SIU game because I really don't think a lot's gonna change, and if need be, um, I'll go back and erase all this. But <laughs> let's just go ahead and cover it. Um, Missouri State is currently leading Southern Illinois 41 to 26 at the 16 minute media timeout. This will be covered as the game. Honestly, I think the the biggest story here is SIU spotted Missouri State a 14 to 0 lead at the beginning of the game. Um, at halftime, Gage Prim already had a double-double. Um, so, yeah, it looks like SIU is going to lose to Missouri State at home. Um, I would say this is pretty much solidifies the Salukis to Thursday night. They needed this win to, you know, have have some better chance to get out of Thursday. But, I mean, Missouri State's kind of having their way with the Salukis. Still a lot of time left. There's 16 minutes to go, but um, I, I feel like this is going to be the outcome uh, that happens uh, for the Salukis. All right, Valley fans, we got a relatively easy weekend to preview with uh, four games, four teams, uh, two back-to-backs. Uh, before we get into that, let's uh, go over some power rankings that we do every week with Baker. Yeah, so what we're going to do, uh, jump into power rankings here. Uh, number one and two, we're going to keep them the same. Loyola one, Drake two. I think the big beat down that Loyola put on them in the first game outweighs the Drake victory in the second game. Uh, I am impressed with what Drake has Drake did tonight against Northern Iowa. I was actually a little more impressive with their win against Northern Iowa than I was with Loyola's against Valpo because that game was closer than it should have been. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm going to go with, uh, with Loyola one, Drake two. Then we get into three, four. I think there's... It's an interesting. We got tier one with the one and two, and then I think we have tier two with three and four. Um, very slightly Indiana State at three. Um, two wins against Evansville, who I think are better than a lot of people give them credit for. And uh, Missouri State also a pretty good week as well, even though they didn't have to be as good against Bradley with Bradley having four guys out. Um, and then they're also just, you know, they're putting it down on uh, Southern Illinois as we speak right now. 55-39 with about seven minutes to go. Um, we're not going to get back into that game. If something changes, we will report that when we record on Monday uh, for the weekend games. But it looks like they're going to have another 3-0 and week for Missouri State, which uh, kind of rounds out that first two tiers. So 
Um, and and for all uh, intents and purposes, four teams locked out of Thursday. So if you're those four teams, you are not even thinking about it. Um, now is when we get to the tough part, and you could go a million different ways. And I don't love any of these because a lot there's there's reasons to like and there's reasons to dislike every single team on this list. Uh, but here we go. At number five, I'm going to go with Evansville. Evansville has played tough games against a lot of these teams. They they always are competitive in their losses. Um, you know, a week ago, I think I was more impressed with them playing against Loyola and not getting blown out by 20. I mean, they kept it within you know 10 or 12. Um, kept it kept a close game with Indiana State, who's been a pretty hot team of late. Uh, I'm going to go with Evansville at five. Don't love it. Um, Valparaiso is going to be my sixth team. They're uh, and this is going to be a trend. I just I I don't love any of these teams enough to keep them any higher. But Valpo is going to be number six. Uh, Valpo just played the best team in the league to a two point game, so um, that goes a little bit for me. And I was pretty impressed with their game against Northern Iowa, quite frankly, on Saturday night. They really um, dug in. They they once they kind of had control of that game, it never let up, and it was it was a really impressive performance by Valpo. Um, that's going to be a team that when we get to Arch Madness fans, I don't know about you, but I don't want to draw Valpo even. I, Val, Valpo can beat anybody in this league, and we've seen it already this year. Um, they almost beat Loyal. They've beaten Drake. They can beat anyone. So you don't want to play them. Um, the next team that I'm going to say is I'm going to go with Northern Iowa at 7. And I think I was they, – they played Drake tough tonight. I, they're Clearly Drake's the better team, but – Northern Iowa was in that game until about you know about the five or six minute mark. Didn't shoot the ball well. I think there's I think that this week I've seen to me I see that potential of what this team could be without AJ Green and um, they can put the scare in about anybody in this league. They're probably not consistent enough to win four games in St. Louis, but um, that's where I have them at seven. At number eight, I have Bradley. I don't know what's going on with Bradley. We talked about it early on the show. I don't know what their situation is. Um, I just have them at eight for now, and I don't want to get into it because I don't know what we're gonna we're gonna know more in the coming days and weeks about what's going on there. So, um, based on what these teams have done, I'm gonna have them at eight, and then rounding out our two teams at nine and ten, I'm gonna have Illinois State at number nine, just to rub it in your face because Illinois State. Won the combined total of the weekend at the Banterra Center, mind you. And um, hopefully Illinois State can beat Bradley tomorrow night. So I'm kind of hoping that they get another win this week. So um, that that was an impressive win for them this weekend. I'm going to give them the nod over Southern Illinois. I don't know if they're better. but um, And your Salukis are down 60-39 to 39 against Missouri State, unfortunately. So um, Southern Illinois rounds out to 10. Vance, your thoughts? Do you have a... Um, Obviously, you probably don't like the Southern behind ISU. I mean, I can't fault you for it. Uh, but the only thing I would have, like, I would say most people would focus in on is Missouri State, Indiana State split at three and four. I think we're splitting hairs there. Um, Indiana State, I just think it's playing a little bit better. Um, I mean, even though they're dismantling my Salukis, I would just say they're they're playing better uh, with the middle of the pack teams than you know Missouri State beating up on some of the bottom dwellers. So it's interesting. So I want to say one thing. Missouri State is two and zero against Indiana State this year. Yeah, no, that's which fair. which is a crazy thing to think about, and I'm still having Indiana State ahead of them. Um, if those two teams played tomorrow, who would you pick? Indiana State. Same here. So Indiana it's like I think maybe Missouri State just caught Indiana State at the right time. 
Um, if they were going to play a series today, I would. I don't care which building it's in. I would pick a split. Yeah. I think they're both good teams. I mean, the Indiana State would have a lot of trouble with what Prim Prim does. Mosley's really good, obviously. There's so many options on Missouri State, and, and you know Tyree Key's a matchup nightmare for every team in the league. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna put up big numbers. Laravia is such a good handy player. There's a lot of good depth on that team as well. So, let me ask you this: um, from a just an Arch Madness perspective, you know, I truly think there is, and I'm with you. I think there is a cutoff between Loyola, Drake, Missouri State, and Indiana State. You know, I'm not saying hey, you have to pick those four in the semifinals playing on Saturday versus the field, but I truly think that those four are at a different level than the the next six. Yeah, I mean, just consistency for me. Um, Talent-wise, the thing is with that next six, you can look at these rosters and see talent that a lot of those six tops or bottom six could beat any of the top four, but the top four have just been so consistent all year. It's hard to... It's hard to imagine any of those lower teams, but I, you know what? If I had to, if I had to, yes or no, I'll put it to you. Actually, I'll, I'll put this hypothetical to you. Those four, say the top four seeds at Arch Madness on quarterfinal Saturday or Friday, will all four would all four of them? If you had to predict it now, will all four of them make it to Sun or Saturday? No, just no. One of them's getting upset. Odds, yeah. No, but I'm saying one of them. Yeah. No, but what I'm yeah. saying is like, and I know that was a long-winded way to get there, but one of them's going to get beat. Right, and they're all good. They're all good enough teams. I, I think that Missouri State and Indiana State are definitely the team to me. If I'm looking at this, those are the two teams that if I'm Drake and Loyola, that could be the bid stealers for Let's this. Put it league. this way, would we have said that Northern Iowa and Loyola lost last year in the quarterfinals? No, we wouldn't have. But we're in that position now, where if if one of those two teams get knocked off, and 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 so that kind of brings up the whole scenario that I want to talk to you about, and I think this is a good time as any. Let's talk about a three bid valley. Drake and Loyola, or sorry, Loyola needs to get more consistent because them playing Balboa as close as they did tonight was an eye opener for me. I thought that after a loss on Sunday, like you had to, th- like, how do you how do you come out flat at home against Valpo? Valpo gives a lot of teams I, trouble I, I though. Get that like big, they, that's, I know where you're coming from. Team. You should have no. You know what though, like. They beat the brakes off Valpo the first game. They beat him by I think thirty in that first game at Valpo. So it, I don't know. Um, Valpo's been ever since that game though, where they lost big at Loyola. Valpo has been a much better team. Oh, I, if you look at what they've done over the past month, they've been a much better team. So um, I don't want to fault them as hard as you do, but it's it's just such a such an interesting concept though. Thinking about this three bid thing. So like to me. And, and I want to hear where your thoughts are after I throw up my scenario. To me, I think that both Loyola and Drake have to win out in yes. the regular season. Like, yep. we need a split champion at 16-2. and two. Yep. I think that Loyola has to win a game at Arch Madness. Yes. I do not think either team can lose in the quarterfinals. Correct. And I, and I just say, Northern Iowa last year. Like, right, the... right, right. And... and I think that Drake has to get to the finals. Drake has to get to the finals. Because they're because and get the semis. and that's the weird part about it is a if Drake wins out the rest of the way, the worst they have is three losses. Mm-hmm. But their wins, there's I just don't think there's enough meat on the bone for them. Which is just, just I mean, I could sit there and we you and I could sit there and yell how good Drake is till the cows come home. And 
you know, if they played some of these teams, they'd win a lot of these games, and they could have a better resume if they had a different schedule. But the schedule, the resume is what it is. That's why they need Indiana State and Missouri State to increase their resume because they be, need to jump into that quad one win. And I think it would hurt Drake. So, like, what we're saying, uh, listeners, is that, like, a three-bid scenario, we're making this up. I think two-bid we feel good about. Um, but Drake Oil would have to win out. Drake would have to get the finals, and Loyal would have to get to semifinals Saturday. Yep. Um, and I think also, if I all that happened, I think there's a no doubt we're a three-bid league. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, I mean, and this can't happen just in this scenario, but Drake losing to a Thursday night team on Sunday would be very detrimental. No, I, I don't think it matters. But, I think, but Loyal couldn't get to the semifinals in that scenario. Yeah, that's true. So, in our scenario, in our scenario, which that would mean that the Thursday teams were already knocked out. So, if Loyola wins one game, and if they both went out and Loyola wins one and Drake wins two, I don't think there's any doubt that we are getting three teams. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think even if Loyola, I don't even know if Drake needs to get to the finals. I think they'll be squarely on the bubble, though. I think that they got enough love nationally that and Dick Vitale's helping them. Like, yeah. I mean, we can, you know, we can, you can, we can talk about ESPN, and I know, like ESPN, we always feel like we take a backseat to the big, big time journalists. But I mean, Dickie V has always been yeah. on our side all year, and like, that's just, I think that goes a long way. Like, even on College Game Day, I mean, shout out to them. They had Sister Jean on, which is so cool. I yep. um, always fun to bring Sister Jean in, and I know, uh, I know, Valley fans think fondly of her, and especially in Loyola, it's always fun to um, kind of see her out there. And, and that always just helps the brand because people then think about, oh, hey, remember when Loyola made the Final Four a couple of years ago? God, the Valley's good again. This mm-hmm. is, you know, that's that's the thing that this conference needs. So, I, I mean, I know it's a pipe dream for the three-bid Valley, um, but I don't think it's impossible. I think that we laid out the scenario that I think it'll happen if it does. And, and quite frankly, if we're talking about the two teams to be that, third bid if we had to it's missouri state and indiana state for me and i think it just depends on how the seeding and everything lays out do you know who has the tiebreaker with loyal and drake i don't i think I, it's well, lo- no, i think it's, it's is it by net isn't by net so it'd have to be i think it'd be loyal i think it'd be loyal i'm yep. and i'm not 100 sure on that but i'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure about that i am pretty sure too so let's uh, at least let's pick the four games we have to pick um evansville's going to drake for two games i'll pick drake for two because we need drake to win yeah, we do. Um, God. I'm going to pick Drake for two because Drake needs those games so badly. Don't get the bad juju out there. <sighs> Just pick them. Just be done. I'm going to say Moving split. On. Nope, I'm going to say split. <laughs> I'm going to screw it all up. Um, Evansville's gonna, Evansville needs one of these games to avoid Thursday, and I think they get it this weekend against Drake. And then we you you hate me now. Yeah, <laughs> you're done with me. <laughs> um, Valpo um, at Southern Illinois uh, for two. Don't love what I'm seeing here. Prim might have a million points tonight. Um, Sixty-six to forty-six with two and a half to go here. Southern Illinois is not going to win this game. So I'm split. Southern and Valpo. Mm-hmm. Valpo's sweep. That's fine. Um. I have not seen anything out of Southern Illinois in the last week to make me think they're winning a game against Valpo. Where's that at? I think it's at Southern. It's, if it's at Southern, that gives you a little bit more. If it's at Southern, I'll say split. Yeah, it is at Southern. You know what? I'll say split. If it's at Southern, I'll say split. 
Um, I also wouldn't have thought we got beat by 20 tonight. That's true. That's true. But, you know, I think a lot of Mullins, I think that losing this game the way they did, um, he's going to have them ready to rock and roll. So. Yeah. Start talking about the Valley. Why not?